cliffcentral.com. Those esoteric bells, Tibetan bells, <laughs> that heralds beyond ears and eyes on Cliff Central. Well, good to have you, even though you can't see us. We know you're there, so thank you for listening. I'm Shemaine Harris, and on controls, it's Palisa Mabuye. Hi, Palisa. I'm Liesl Tom. <laughs> And with us in studio is author, teacher, international speaker, Colleen Joy Page. Colleen, H- how are you? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> Your CV is uh, about as long as my arm. Ach, near what? <laughs> <laughs> and she goes like into complete denial. <laughs> and is it? I mean, she, she's well, she has short a, arms. I've been around. <laughs> It doesn't show. Do you do one of those psychic facelifts? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> oh, yeah, because we talk about stuff like does, that. Does it look like it? It does. It oh, does. Well, very because, kind. I mean, I, I, have, I have read your CV and I, I do know how long you've been in this field. And I'm like, yay, did she start when she was eight? Four. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but you could actually be serious. <laughs> and I am. <laughs> but, uh, you know, jokes aside, you started this journey of yours at a very young age. That's correct, yes. That's Tell us correct. more. Well, I think uh, life gave me a crib note, um, gave me a little cheat sheet. At the age of four, I died twice, actually, during brain surgery, which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> wow, so you were not joking about the four. <laughs> no, I wasn't joking. <laughs> no, they had to cut my head open, and I always joke that I'm the only person I know that's qualified to call themselves open-minded. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was physically open for you. <laughs> that's right, that's right. But, uh, yeah, I did, I did actually die, uh-huh. and I was left with an unshakable... Knowing a view of reality that made me a seeker from a very young age. So I asked questions really, really young. Started trying to find answers, but I was a very shy kid. Um, very, very anxious, very mm. self-conscious because I was left with a lot of scars and, uh, looked a bit different for quite a while after the surgery. But uh, in my own way, really was on a mission. Mm-hmm. And I realized no one else is on this mission. <laughs> wow. Did you know you died? Yes. At, at, how did you know? Did someone tell you or did you also have this near-death experience that well, everybody talks about? <laughs> you know, the, the good part about being four is that you have no preconceived ideas. You have no belief system in place. And so I actually, in my innocent way, called it going home. Oh, sweet Yeah, I know. And I, I became homesick, actually, for at least 20 years after that. Wow. Trying so, to understand what had happened to me. So what did happen to you that you realized that there's a, a home somewhere other than here? <laughs> I, you know, I, it wasn't one of these classic Hollywood sort of floating above your bodies or mm-hmm. I can't give you any sort of Hollywood version of it. Mm-hmm. It was simply that in the hospital ward afterwards, I found myself staring at my hand and thinking how odd a body was. I found myself um, just Absolutely knowing that I was not my body. It was very clear. And I tried in my innocent way to draw and to actually color in my vision that I'd had. I was haunted by an image. At four. 
Yeah, and and I remember my cousin, who's my my age, brought me crayons in my in in the hospital ward, and I was trying and very frustrated actually to try and draw what I had seen. Uh, eventually, <laughs> from coloring in the page so much, my pencil broke through the paper and made a hole in the paper. And I remember even at four thinking that's the only accurate part of the drawing is this hole that that I am I am not my body. Mm-hmm. I can go somewhere that I think is called home. I can't bring my body with me. And there was this feeling of, I think, uh, unconditional love. I mean, obviously, I didn't have that word, mm-hmm. unconditional, in when I was four. So I called it home. There was just, and it, it was unshakable. Probably the most real memory I have in in my whole life is is even now. Yes, and in a way, now I'm 45. It's taken me 40, <laughs> 41 years to work out what it was and wow. to find it again and to unpack it and to be clear on what that all was. Now, for us with our limited senses, yeah. Can you describe this home? Or was it, did you see something? Did is there something that you can tell people what home was like? Well, you see, I made a mistake that a lot of people do make with their limited senses. Um, they think that it's a place that you go to, and you know, since we're on radio <laughs> or on on streaming, it's actually one radio station away from right here, right now. It's not somewhere that you go, but it 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 took me. As I said, many, many years, probably nearly two decades after that to work that out. And using my intuition, I was able to unpack and explore and really rediscover that and to realize fully that it wasn't a place that you go and that you didn't need to be special. And in fact, you didn't even need to die to know what you really are Mm -hmm. when you're not in a body. I mean... That sounds very simple, but only when you start realizing that. But it, it takes a long while for that actually to seep into your cells that, yes. you know, it's kind of like opening another door yeah. and then step over and, and you're there. But I mean, if you're short, you can't particularly open <laughs> that door. So, so your growth, <laughs> your growth spurts <laughs> need to really be on par. You so, know, well, I, I, I was going, to, I was going to mock you. I have to admit, but the moment you said your growth spurts, I got what you were saying. You know, as we grow in our spiritual lives, mm-hmm. um, we do. Get, get taller. Yes, we do. We, we, you're so clever. <laughs> you know, you know. But again, it's the growth, my love. It's the growth. But you know, and you know what, what, what taught me that was actually death. Because it's about the most painful thing you can experience. It's also the most liberating thing. Absolutely. Um, okay, I'm speaking from my experience. Some people might disagree, but. Yeah. When you miss that person so much that yeah. you want to touch them, you actually, yeah. you actually kind of have to, to hold on to something that makes you believe that actually they're not gone. They, you just can't see them the yeah. way you'd normally see them in 3D. Yeah. But the other senses that you have allow you access. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Yeah. No, the heart, you know, the, the tough stuff of life, like grief and, Health problems and financial problems, they often do bring us to our knees. Mm. And once or twice when I've asked, you know, my wisdom or my deeper knowing, what's that about? 
all I get is I like that yeah. your wisdom yeah, or yeah. your knowing. You ask your wisdom, you ask your and wisdom. you ask your knowing. Yeah, yeah. and it's de- it's something that's quieter, more subtle, deeper than the mind. You have to learn to distinguish the difference between the surface mind oh. and and your deeper knowing. And all I, I what, what what I get is that in deep grief or in deep suffering we have the opportunity to be open mm-hmm. and it's only when we're open that actually our wisdom can reach us otherwise it tends to get an engaged signal because you're forced into being open because some somebody comes well or something comes or su- or it comes and kind of like takes you and drops you and you you crack yeah you break you now, know? other thing other things do <laughs> Liesl. no 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 i almost burst into song shimmering i <laughs> You know, I not that been, open. No, 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 but I've been I've been obsessing with Leonard Cohen's music the, the last few weeks oh. since he died. And you know, the moment you said that, I wanted to start singing. There sing, was a baby, crack. Sing. sing. Not yet. There was not a yet, dear listener. One day I will sing for you. Not, not today. today. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So it's about opening, and uh, other things open us, like gratitude, seeing something beautiful. Um, creativity. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things that can actually help us to open. Mm-hmm. And in that opening is an opportunity to see differently, to pierce those veils, to discover that we are truly the home that we're looking for. But beyond, before that point, we're, we tend to be closed. Mm-hmm. And we're closed actually because of one simple thing. Our attention is fixated on the mind. And the mind is actually like the door between us and our wisdom. Hmm. Um, and people even identify with their mind. They think they are their thoughts. They mm-hmm. think that whatever they're thinking is their total and complete reality. Isn't that a school of thought, though? It, that you are yeah. what you think. It is. It's Isn't it? well, no one. Well, not many. Liesl. Not many. Not many people question that. They, they, you ask someone who they are, and they give you recycled thoughts, or they tell you what they do for a living. Mm-hmm. So, who are you? Oh, I'm a journalist. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Is yeah. that who you are? I have to say that was when, when, when I resigned as a journalist, yeah. that was my biggest, biggest identity crisis because I associated my being with what I was doing yeah. and life had a way of prying that out of my hands <laughs> and it, it I, dropped I, I you. went, yeah, it dropped yeah. me and I, I went into mourning for that identity that I thought was me. Absolutely. And then, but I want to ask you about this wisdom, this deeper knowing. Is that what some people refer to as your higher self or your soul? Well, there's so many different labels for it. Uh, I don't like labels because they're loaded with a whole lot of belief systems. You know, hold that thought. They also say it limits you. It does. It completely, completely Mm -hmm. limits you. So, you know, the simplest way to understand it is, is when you slow down a little bit and you get quiet. You just know things like sometimes I say to somebody, how do you know that you love someone? Um, and this is the love that's beyond. I love them because it's just, you know, when you love a child, when you love a pet, when you love, you'll say, I don't, I don't have a reason. Your mind didn't have to give you a whole lot of justification. You just say, I know. Where mm-hmm. does that come from? It comes from something deeper, usually something that you can actually feel physically. Even in a subtle way And we'll say gut feel We'll say it comes from the heart And we're all sort of on the right sort of territory <laughs> But it's, it's, it is it's, it's, it's a deeper sense of something Knowing and wisdom always bring the body peace That's actually one way you can distinguish Between something that pops into your head That's worth looking at And something that isn't worth looking at 
But Colleen, what you are talking about now is so interesting because we are so used to ignoring our body signals. Yeah. You know, we all get that feeling when something's not right for us of this, you know, for me, it's, it's this wrenching feeling in my gut. But I've been ignoring it. For, I, mean, I can remember instances where I ignored it. And I also know what the outcome was. Yeah. So we, we, we don't pay attention to our bodies until it gets sick or it brings us to our knees. Mm. Yeah, yeah. True, true enough, true enough. Some people have a very soft voice though. The the inner It's always soft. You know. Can I tell what, you why it's soft? Mm-hmm. It doesn't grab the microphone. Mm-hmm. Your your wisdom has no agenda. It has no it's not like surface thoughts or ego that's trying to be right, trying to be wrong. In fact, if you really paid attention, you'd notice that the surface mind, which is not actually the truth, is always, it always shows up in opposites. When you have a thought like, um, I, I don't think I can do this, you'll have another thought somewhere else that says, I think I can. And mm. they fight with each other. Should I do this? Shouldn't I do this? So There's that's always conflict in th- the surface mind. Hmm. Your wisdom is, is, is never against. It's never. <gasps> oh la la! <laughs> I'm having a moment. Oh, I'm even heating up. <laughs> Absolutely. That's not menopause, for me. Not menopause at all. I'm in my fifties, Liesl. I know when what it sounds, or what it feels like. There's that wisdom thing that comes in what she just said. I know. <laughs> Does wisdom necessarily come with age? No. No. No wisdom comes from. From looking for it, mm, so, so if you're looking for it when you're young, you you'll you'll find it. Um, if you're looking for it when you're old, you'll eventually find it. But you have to sincerely look for it. Mm. It doesn't just come. <laughs> and I mean, I think I know what the answer is, but I am making an assumption here, which we all know what assumptions <laughs> lead to. Yeah. Where do you find wisdom? You find it uh, from you, but the true you. There's a false you. There's a pretend veil, illusionary Hollywood version of you, which your mind has created. And then there's the real one. And the real one is always speaking to you quietly, softly through everything, actually. And it is uh, undivided, unconflicted. It's, it has the texture of love and peace. And it's always unifying. It's always universal. Um, whereas the surface mind is always divided. It's always conflicted. So you, you, you're a teacher. Yeah. Um, and, and you also, there's the, the apple, what is it? The apple, uh, apple tree, apple yeah. tree, um, uh, enlightened uh, yeah, apple that. tree. <laughs> what coaching thing that you do for non, non-profit? You like give back to the community. Okay. So this apple tree concept that you have, is that what you teach within it? Because I mean, I'm sitting here and you're going like, okay, this is your authentic you and that's how you recognize her or, you yeah. know, or, and then, but, but we get taught. Um, and we spoke about it recently, Lisa Lena, that w- y- you are supposed to look externally for, um, for what's that thing? Acceptance. Mm. And only if yeah. people on the outside find you acceptable Big can problem. you be, you know. So is that what, what happens at the apple tree, uh, in 
<laughs> NPO, non-profit organization, where you teach people life skills so, of sorts. So it's, it's, not, it's not an NPO. It's just, it's, it's, I have, I have businesses and I've, I've been fortunate to be quite successful. So this is just something I do on the side. Mm. Um, I create artworks and I host talks. And there is a space for people to dialogue and it's more a space of, it's a tone of friendship. It's mm-hmm. a tone of sharing. It's not a, it's not therapy. It's not sort of rehashing. It's, it's, it's for sincere seekers that are looking for the big answers and want to find them th- themselves. I love how you downplay this because I mean, you're giving back is, is major. Um, I mean, we're all supposed to do it at some point. We can't do it all the time, but I mean, it's, it's incredible. I, I have to say I was a bit of a voyeur and I went to your Facebook page and it reads like, <laughs> and it reads like, I don't know, like billboards or something. You know, it's like really wise. Can I, can I read something? It's, it's, it's a big old one. Sure. And it was, the, uh, you, you've got the feeling happy next to your name and it's on the 1st of December you posted it. And I, I, I love this. And um, what Colleen uh, Joy Page says on her Facebook page then was, what if you could look at your body in the mirror and not believe the thoughts that violently judge? What if you could see scars and folds as they are, simply scars and folds? What if you could look at your body with your true eyes and see only love? You might weep with gratitude at how your body has worked innocently to serve you every day, trying its best to give you a visit on planet Earth. Body is innocent, pure, life living to serve life. What if you could see your body this way? What would be different? Thank your body for always doing your best. Yeah. And then you sign off with, I love you. <laughs> I read that and I totally yeah. got it. Yeah. You know, because we do that to ourselves the, and our bodies. Eh? It's the but, truth. But, but, we, but we only do it to ourselves. What I often tell friends who are being self-critical is, if it was me, would you judge so harshly? Mm. Because we don't. I mean, you know... Okay, I've gained a couple of kilos. And yeah. I didn't see that. She's like, yeah, I'm no, thinking I, she's looking amazing. <laughs> no, I go to Shimon and I'm like, oh, I'm getting fat. And she's like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Because we judge ourselves so harshly. Yeah. Where do you think this comes from? You, you spoke about the Hollywood self earlier. Yeah. Do you think the society that we live in with selfies and social media and what, what's my other bugbear? Reality TV. <laughs> do you think that is feeding into this? Well, See, that's not, that's all symptoms of the say, of the root problem, right? So the, the root problem is an identification with the body. Mm. When you believe you are your body, you're going to take it personally. And, and rightly so. If you think you're your body, you think you're a little creature crawling around a little planet trying to get by. Mm. And then you've got to have everything in the body has got to be perfect in order to fit in, in order to win work, in order to be liked, in order to find a partner, you know, mm. and that kind of pressure is horrible. But if you if you know that your body is in you and you're not in your body, mm. if you know that your body is in service to you, mm. that it's actually not personal, and I know that that's going to sound really strange because the mind is so conditioned to believe I am what I see in my mirror. Mm. But if, if you're the one looking at yourself in the mirror and you're not what you're seeing ultimately, then you get free of that. And when you're free of 
knowing you're the body, then, then there's no need to criticize it or anyone else's. It's so what is it like to live in your body? Because you <laughs> seem so sure. There's a, there's a word that I'm going to use that gets used. I don't know whether it's offensive to your listening ear, but they call it, you seem so cocksure of who you are. <laughs> Even though I'm a girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so there's a certainty that just, it emanates from you and it's beautiful to feel it. Let me tell you, yeah. you know, and, and it's, and it's very inviting. Sure. And there's still a human being. So it's not opposed to being human. Mm. It's not, you know, I still go to gym and I also notice if my body is sort of, um, feeling ill or if it's struggling, but I, I the relationship over time with the body has become a relationship instead of an identification. Mm. It's become, this is like how life is expressing itself. And you know what's interesting? If I look back at me in younger years, um, I did have all the self-consciousness and I did have, I mean, I've got scars and, um, you know, and I'm, I've never been a thin person. <laughs> you know, I've got all of that. It's overrated. Yeah, Let yeah. me tell you, when I was a <laughs> lot, lot younger, looked at my body, saw the, you know, the openings between my thighs, and I prayed to God <laughs> to be fat. Well, did I get my <laughs> prayer answered? Oh, my word. Jermaine. Jermaine. <laughs> so funny. Okay. Um, okay. You're strange, okay? Seriously. But I still love you. Love you too. <laughs> <laughs> Colleen, when you started telling your story of this four-year-old in hospital, mm. you described how you were coloring in that page until it made a hole. Mm. You're also an artist. Is that where the art started? Yes, yes. Art, art is wonderful because – and art is a fantastic teacher as well. Um, if, you, if, you, if 20 people see a painting – there are 20 paintings. Mm. No one can actually see the painting. They only see the, their mind. They see, I like the color blue, or I don't like the color blue, or I like abstract, or I don't like abstract, or that looks like a cloud. And mm. so they only ever see their minds. And what art can teach you, or what everything can actually teach you if you're looking, is to, to go past that and to see it fresh. Like we go back to the body thing. It's the same thing. You're not seeing your body as mm-hmm. it is. You're seeing your idea of your body. Mm. And that's where the judgment is. And art is exactly the same. So how do you get people to to, to disassociate themselves yeah. from their bodies? Do you make them stand in front of mirrors no. for hours? How no. do you do it? I'm, I'm far more boring than that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to stand in front of a mirror, just go to a shopping mall and try on clothes in that no, but wonderful fluorescent thing. light. Oh. <laughs> no, but there's this thing called mirror therapy where sure, you no, stay for ages. Simpler. So how do you do it? Or, uh, or do I have to come see you <laughs> for you to tell me? <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, Spill. It, it, it's first, first of all, it's just introducing this idea. Okay, So the idea that your ideas are just ideas, like looking at a computer screen, there are words coming up on the screen. Do you believe everything you Google? Do you believe everything that you see on the screen? So it's to just plant the seed of doubt in a good way. Rather doubt the, the, the identification with the, with the mind. Rather doubt, if you are the one seeing your thoughts, how can you be your thoughts? You are the one that is observing your thoughts. So it's a systematic freeing somebody of the ignorance that the hypnosis of the mind induces, which sounds a very fancy way of saying. It's like um, 
In India, there's this wonderful teaching that says, all we need to do is show you that the cloud is in front of the sun, and you remove the cloud and the sun reveals itself. You're already everything you're looking for. All you need to do is remove the cloud of ignorance, and then it reveals itself. Mm. So it's it's that. It, you know, but it goes against a, a, a lot of what people believe, because what I'm telling you is you don't need to improve as a your true self. Mm. And there okay. goes the self-help market <laughs> crashing down. You're not very popular in those no, circles, well, are you? <laughs> I am, actually. <laughs> Which is so ironic. You know, you know, it's also about meeting people at their place of need. So mm. the conversation that we're having now probably doesn't suit everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay. If somebody says to me, really help me to build a business. And if I'm in that situation and I can help them build a business, I'm going to help them improve building a business. Um, if they're trying to figure out how to be healthier, I'm going to help them to try and figure out how to be healthier. So that looks like a contradiction. But um, if somebody is now no longer interested in the game of life so much and they've realized that ca- chasing stuff and chasing approval and chasing love and that they're tired and they, they, there's a maturity that happens in the soul, I believe, you see. Mm-hmm. The the soul eventually gets tired of playing Pac-Man. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like Pac-Man is like a metaphor for chasing whatever we're chasing, chasing approval, chasing money, and everybody's got a different pull that they chase, mm-hmm. but there's this endless seeking. When a soul gets mature, it it really just gets weary, and it, or it starts to question, or it starts to go, hey, hang on, why am I chasing this again? <laughs> and they start asking deeper questions. Mm-hmm. So when that happens, there's a ripeness and there's an opportunity for truth. And then usually that's the space that I come in and and others that do this kind of, there's very few, but that's when the truth finds you, as they say. You said you help people find their true self. Who is the true self? Well, or what is? What is the better question? What is the better question? Now, this is another teaching from sort of, let's say, Indian tradition, um, teaching called Vedanta, a very helpful, structured way of, of systematically working through this. So it is easy to describe what you are not. It is not easy to describe what you truly are. This is so the process can often be approached with what they call a neti neti, which is neti neti means I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. So in other words, go back to the metaphor, take away the cloud. Realize that the cloud you're staring at is not you. Realize that the mind that you keep looking at every day is not you. You are that which is looking at the mind. So how can you be the mind? You exist before the mind, during the mind, after. It's like when you're sleeping at night and you dream you're somebody and then you dream somebody else and then you dream. Every dream has a different character or a different story, but you are the one observing all your dreams. That one is worth finding. But finding it is, funny enough, the easiest thing because you've never not been that and the hardest thing because you'll try to use your mind to find it. <laughs> mm. So there is there there is a uh, there's a kind of patience that is required. There's a kind of tenacity that's required. There's a kind of systematically dismantle the false. And when we take away the false, the real always shows up. Isn't a bit like remember when we were kids? We had those three D images. You know, it was like a <laughs> some squibblies on a on a page, and if you Stare at it with 
soft focus, a, a 3D picture would come. And then the moment you notice, oh, look, the moment you focus, it's gone again. Is, is, is finding this true self a bit like that? The, that the moment you focus on it, then it hides again. Yes. In fact, something that's similar to what you're saying, when you re- I mean, I'm getting technical here. So when you rest attention, instead of focusing, you always rest as the true self. And when are, when are people happy? When they're sitting on a beach, probably with a cocktail, <laughs> back to cocktails and cocktails. <laughs> when they're sitting on a, when they're sitting on a beach, when they're white, when they, when they stop seeking because they think I can now because I'm holiday, mm-hmm. they always rest as the true self. And then they feel, Oh, I'm peaceful. I'm happy. Actually, what I'm telling you is you're already peaceful and happy. When you're not seeking, when you're not focused on stuff, and I don't mean stuff like material, I mean even the mind. Um, but it is tricky mm-hmm. because what's going to happen is I say there is a real self and then somebody goes, well, where is it? And they want me to point at it. <laughs> and then another person goes, there is no real self. You are not and she is not and yesterday was and tomorrow isn't. I don't know if this is too deep for a Tuesday, but <laughs> nothing is too deep for a Tuesday. Oh, help us. Existential questions. Existential Never crisis. Ends. Yeah, yeah. Warning label. Oh. This could cause an existential crisis. I know. <laughs> but you know, let me tell you, it helps when you are in a Already situation in a where you go, this is not happening. I'm not poor. You did not just hit me. <laughs> Oh, no, see, I've got bad news for you then as well. <laughs> oh, go on then. It's this funny thing. It's, it's, it's like first realizing you're not the cloud and then you take back the cloud afterwards. And you, st- it's like you realize you're not your body, but you take back your body once you, it, 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 once you it, realize. Yeah, it's not, it's, see, some people get to the spiritual thing and they kind of hang out there. And then they dissociate or they disconnect from the real world. Okay? Mm. And that can also be a trap in itself. Mm. The full circle is realizing that you are not the world, realizing you're not the body, real, realizing that deeply. And if you follow that process, because that's only halfway, the rest of the journey is reclaiming it all, but f- with your true eyes, with your true perspective, which means the humanness becomes the most sacred thing there is. Mm. But who's going to tell me that? You know, because sometimes people get stuck in that space because it's it was safe, and so you escape, so you forget that it's oh. it doesn't it's not supposed to stop there. You're supposed to get out there and go and 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 you know continue your education. Yes. That stuff that you're talking yeah. about no, because it's worry. part of it. Life will it? sort you out anyways. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, how do you how do, how does one get over that fear? Because I mean, once you start working through it, it becomes a little easier, but the, you know the, the the beginning just to start can be so rough and fraught with fear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and so very little yeah. compassion from from anybody. So. Sure, it can be. It can feel very lonely. It can feel. I mean, I was, as a kid, I thought I'm the only person that asks questions. I'm the only. I used to go to the Alberton Bibliotheque, mm-hmm. and the tiny used to check me skiff when I <laughs> <laughs> when I took out every sort of weird book on those. You know, I was like, there'd be a book on comparative religion next to a book on reincarnation, next to a book on paranormal research, next to a book on you know whatever. And this tiny used to stamp my books very hard. 
was probably thinking, <laughs> you child, you from the devil. <laughs> yeah, Philistine. <laughs> yeah, Philistine, for sure. And uh, I mean, and even, you know, my family, bless them. I mean, and they've been very supportive. But you know, that it, it is a kind of feeling... That, okay, so so number one, you need to want this, and mm. and and that's not an egotistical thing to want. You don't want a prize, yeah. Then, then it's like a flower naturally at some point wants to open. There is actually a seed inside that eventually, by grace, gets triggered, and mm. and then you will get hungry, and you'll be hungry for truth. You'll be hungry for this wisdom thing that we're talking about, mm. this, these, these answers. And nothing will satisfy you until you find it. Mm. And that's supposed to happen. And nothing can stop the, uh, the, the, the growth, eh? the projection, no, the trajectory. Just, exactly. Just, nothing just, stops you it. put a little bit of sunlight on that flower, is, she's going to open. Mm. It, it, it is that natural. I'm not sure if I agree here. I think that some people do, once they start experiencing things that they can't explain, get scared, and mm-hmm. then they stop their own process. Sure. I, mm-hmm. I do think that that's something right. can yeah. stop that process, and that's you. And that's also okay, isn't it? Also it's okay. also fine you've got to, to stop your process. You see, if it's too rough, then stop it. If you, You've got to be hungry enough to be uncomfortable. Mm. You've got to be hungry enough for the truth to put to push through those fears mm. And it might not be time You might have had a little taste of that hunger And it might come back in five years time And it might See because of that whole death thing When I was little I was so hungry that nothing else mattered You see it didn't matter So when I got scared And when I read things that made me scared And when I asked people questions And they told you you were nuts Or you shouldn't or whatever it, 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 I, nothing was bigger than the hunger what kind of questions did you ask as a child then that like, made them like go nuts? If, if I had a, if I have a soul, where is it? <laughs> if God's real, prove it to me. If if I live beyond my body, I want to know for sure. I had this experience that showed me something, helped me understand it. See, do you blame those adults? Do you yeah, listen to the questions that you asked as listen, a child. Listen, I, I've, I've now, I am a survivor of three teenage daughters. <laughs> How <laughs> and, do they manage you? Oh, well, and you know, the thing that occurred to me as a, as a mom is I looked at my teenagers and I thought, geez, I must have been weird because I, they're not asking these questions. I mean, one of my daughters asks them a little bit, but she's still has quite a strong interest in the world. And I wasn't interested in anything else. Nothing else mattered. Do you hmm. think it's because you did not, well, let me, let me it's take a few. because I died. Let, yeah, let me take a few <laughs> steps back. You died. So most people, um, and I exclude myself there, I'll tell you why now, yeah. but most people grow up with this immense fear yeah. of death. Mm. Sure. Do you think it's because you weren't scared of death that you just like, Went in Perhaps Both feet first Perhaps uh, I'm just I'm not I can't answer Really I can't say for sure um, I can just say that I I'm very grateful Actually I'm very grateful That death Was my crib note It was mm. my little Cheat sheet Death came early I think so Because I th- If I If I If I examine The nature of my own mind I'm highly skeptical Which is not going to Sound true at all But I Yeah Because you are Woo woo You know that. Yeah you see Woo 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 my, well, my kids used to call me The queen of woo woos <laughs> There you go You see But Skeptical mind Meant That life had to Show me convincingly mm-hmm. And If I just 
make that relevant to the, the folks that are listening, I actually believe that life knows exactly how to wake each of us up. Mm-hmm. And some people it's through a path of religion, some people it's through a path of illness, some people it's through whatever. But sometimes like, a combination of a lot of things. A, yeah, mm-hmm. life knows what key opens you, and and if you look back once once it's sort of done its job, you can go, oh wow, that. So life orchestrated for my mm-hmm. skeptical mind. There was probably nothing short of actually dying, <laughs> <laughs> which you did <laughs> to make me believe something else. <laughs> Do you still miss it? Do you still miss home? What you called in your four-year-old mind? Do you still miss home? It's a good question. No, because in my early twenties, I found it again mm-hmm. intuitively, just a taste of it, and it's probably taken another twenty years to remove that cloud enough to be established that I. Unequivocally know that I am home and it's not a place, it's actually the true self. And what you said earlier, it's a frequency because a, a, a conversation oh. that Shemaine and I have been having it's for just, a while now yeah. is that we, we, we tune in to yes. each other. We, we mm. make sure that we're on the same mm. frequency. Yeah. And is that why we, 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 Kind of intuitively don't like see some people because they they transmit on a different frequency. So so yeah, it is a good good topic, and I think it could be quite helpful for people. Um, I've experimented my whole life with this idea. I also call it tuning in, and it's not because of my Alberton background. It's not it's, it's not I, I tune you. That would be another tuning. <laughs> Okay. So tu- tu- tuning in. Yes, you're funny. <laughs> I don't mean to be. A problem. It's a good thing. Uh, we love laughing. So, so yes, wherever your attention is, that's what you're tuned into. Your body and your nervous system actually responds to that tuning in, and you can actually learn to use it like a compass for truth. Now, talk about the tuning in. That whole thing. We we tuning into. Um, Attracting a lot of abundance and that kind of tuning in. So how does that work? So well, does that if you're, because it's if broken? It sounds like the that, secret now. That, <laughs> that, no, because I'm there. We're all talking about no. It's what you focus on grow, and, and, and then you go like I. I really I need I need this, and it doesn't come. And it, normally it's money or a man or woman, <laughs> or, <laughs> or a job. You know, yeah, never. Sure. It's very very seldom health. I mean, that, when the person asks for health, you you know really they 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 mean business. Sure. But so, so that kind of tuning in, what, what is useless about that? Because there must well, be depends, something useless you know, about it. If you're still interested in the game of Pac-Man, then you're going to try your best to get what you want. Mm. But if you've been around the block too many times and you've played Pac-Man so many times, <laughs> eventually you're like, so what was the point of manifesting myself a Ferrari again? <laughs> you know, then things get more interesting. And the other part of it, which is is perhaps a little bit more on the serious side, you know, this whole idea that whatever you're thinking turns instantly into reality. Mm-hmm. I always have an issue that that's totally commercialized and can be quite cruel because people that are suffering from things that are beyond their control and their power, young children starving or people being abused, you know, you say to say to someone, well, you're attracting this because of your thoughts, is, mm-hmm. it would be really unkind. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can think summer, summer, summer for the whole year and winter is still going to show up. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of an ego song, I believe. There is something about manifesting at a deep, deep place. Mm-hmm. 
you know our most powerful manifesting, let's say, powers, if you want to even call it that, only they happen when you're equal to all outcomes and when you when you actually have what does that mean that you don't care what comes out yeah you're dis- so it's, it's like if it's good it's fine it's not dispassionate uh-huh. dispassion is but truly you can't fake that either you can't say i don't care i don't care but actually i do <laughs> <laughs> you have to you and therein lies a lot of people going to disagree with you they're I, know, like, so, I know what so you yeah, know because they still want to play pac-man and i'm not saying you didn't manifest the parking and i'm not saying you didn't manifest the <laughs> manifest the parking you can actually do that I'm not saying that that's not true, but the truth for me at this point, where I, from where I can see, is that life is still bigger than any individual human. Mm. There's a whole universe of galaxies out there, and this little one human life cannot really take credit for manifesting and mm. orchestrating. So, what do you say about luck then? In that case, does it exist? Yeah, sure. So, grace has nothing to do with us. It's just. You know, happen. you know, higher into there is a there is an intelligence that makes eyelashes grow, that makes trees grow, mm-hmm. that that designs life itself, and for an individual mind to take credit for that mm-hmm. would would be a huge flaw in logic. It's a bit infantile, isn't it? I it's mean, a completely... two-year-old child thinks he or she is responsible for everything that happens yeah. in their life. Yeah. I mean, if mommy and daddy are fighting, the two-year-old yeah. thinks That's it's right. my fault. So, would, oh, teen- that would teenagers be very... do that too. They, mm. I'm not there yet. <laughs> Don't spoil all the fun. Ooh. I am not there yet. We won't Listen, warn we have, <laughs> okay, we, won't. we have not even scratched the surface and we are almost out of time. So, clean. if anyone wants to get hold of you, how do they do it? Well, they're welcome. Facebook is a good place. Colleen mm-hmm. Joy Page is my name. Um, I've got a separate group for Enlightened Apple Tree. Just in, ask for that. It's Colleen Joy Seeker, I think. Um, and then I have a website. So Colleen Joy, if you Google Colleen Joy, you're bound to find me. Yes. So this was, you know, this conversation, do you know what it left me with? I want more, but that's not what I want to say is it left me grateful. Yeah. So I feel great. It made me see things differently. And at the core of it, if, if I say nothing after that. Then hell will freeze over. If she says nothing after that, hell will freeze over. You watch that. (laughs) She loves me. She can't do without me. (laughs) I do love you, friend. (laughs) Colleen, thank you. Thank Thank you so much for being here. It was such a pleasure. Thanks for your time, Shemaini. Thank you. I'll I'll see you. I'll see you. I'll see you next week. All right, Liesl. I'm (laughs) signing off. (laughs) From me, Liesl Tom. Have a great day. Bye bye. Bless. Cliffcentral.com.